Wow, the worship was awesome, wasn't it? Don't you, didn't you love that? Wow, yeah, I, I could have just done that and been happy. Amen. But I'm also really happy about the word of the Lord, aren't you? I hope you are. I hope you will be when I get through. <laughs> this won't be a very long message because I understand we do have children in here, so I'm trying to be sensitive. But, you know, uh, holidays can be kind of challenging uh, in terms of having messages and stuff. Um, you know, because you want to give something that's, well, I, I think we should have messages around special holidays. I mean, it's kind of biblical, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's how they did it in, in the Bible when they celebrated the, the feast. So we're celebrating a feast. So we're going to talk about the feast. Amen? Okay, I'm going to read the story. It's, this is such a beautiful story um, that it's the story of... Jesus being born. Let's read this out of Luke chapter 2. In fact, I was thinking about this. Paula, can, can you come and read this? Paula has such an amazing reading voice. Yeah. yeah. Yay, Paula. Listen to this. Oh, well, now I might need glasses. Well, okay. Here you go. Hang on. Can you turn sideways and make it bigger? I'm going to expand. There we go. All right. She's worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Luke 2, 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. The birth of Jesus is remembered. Oh, wait. That's your That's part now. <laughs> Everybody give Paula a big hand. Yeah. You did good, Tim. Yeah, you married up. I mean, like all guys do, right? <laughs> but isn't that a beautiful story? Uh, the birth of that just so is so captures our our heart and our sentiment. You, you know, we have the angels, uh, we have the shepherds. We have the, the, the glory of God. We have, we have a beautiful baby. And we, then we have a very virtuous mother. And then we have a very courageous father, right? And that's sort of what captures our heart. Uh, you know, at Christmas, we, these things are, they, they, they really do capture us. They really, it, all of it really just speaks so powerfully to us. But many times we don't really think about the setting or the condition that Christ came into the world. It was a very, very dark time. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, um, or maybe you do, is, you know, one of our favorite scriptures that we like to throw around, uh, talking about the next great move of God is in Isaiah 60, where it talks about deep darkness covering the earth, right? 
But you know, that's really, if you read it, it's really talking about the birth of Christ. Because if you just read, you know, on down through verse 5, it talks about these Arab people coming. That's what the, the wise men were, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. The wise men were Arabs that came and brought those gifts. It talks about Arab wise men coming and bringing gifts. It talks about shepherds. You see, that was one of the first fulfillments. There was, well, maybe there was a nearer fulfillment of that. But that scripture was really, in, in a lot of ways, it was fulfilled at the birth of Christ. That there was a deep darkness. It was a felt darkness upon the land uh, where Christ was born. Now, I do believe in the future that there's another, because I think we're entering into a, a time of darkness that will only get darker and darker. That's really encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> Y'all seem really, really happy about this. Well, I wanted to talk to you. I just love that song, uh, that we, one of those songs we sang, because it was, if you go back and study the, historically what was happening in the world, it was a time of great despair all over the world. It was a time of great darkness all over the world. And so we have this announcement about a Savior coming and about a Savior being born. And, and people were actually excited about it. And, you know, people were moved to go see this Savior. You know, and, and there was a declaration about this Savior that, you know, that He would save the world. He, he, would, he was the light of the world. And, and I can, if you just put yourself in those people's situations, they were desperate for God to do something because of the darkness that they, the felt darkness they were in, the despair they were living in. I wanted to tell you a few things about what was happening in that time. Uh, one is God had not been heard from for 400 years. God had not said anything that he thought was worth, at least he thought was worth being recorded for 400 years. Can you imagine if you didn't hear from God for four days? You know, I mean, I get a little anxious in my life when I don't feel like I'm connecting with the Lord on a regular basis. I can go two, If I go two or three days, I start wondering, where is the Lord? What happened? What have I done? Have I fallen away? You know, and imagine for 400 years, God chose to not say a word. What if from this day forward, we didn't hear anything from the Lord? That was a frightening thought. We don't have to worry about it, obviously. But that was, that was one of the conditions that they were living in. Uh, a people of promise, a God who's not talking. Pretty powerful. Another thing was they were under a very oppressed, Israel was under a very oppressive rule. In fact, the whole world, pretty much the whole world, was being ruled by the Roman Empire at that time. And actually, if you go back and study, before, before uh, Rome was occupying Israel and ruling them, the Greeks were occupying them and ruling them. And before that, the Persians were occupying So these, these were a people who had been oppressed for many years and many years. And the Rome, Roman, I think if you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, Matthew Bollinger uh, mentioned about these Roman legions, how, how cruel they were. We don't really think about it. They were very cruel. They were very vicious. And everywhere they would go, they would march. Literally, they would be marching. And if, if, a, if an old woman or an old man fell in front of them, they would march right over the top of them and crush them under their feet. Matthew mentioned the atrocities of, of rape and murder that they, everywhere they went. And so that was the, that was the ruling party 
in Israel, much of the land in Israel was owned by foreigners. Much of the land at that time, a foreign people owned, and the people were highly taxed. Some say up to 60% of their income was taxed. I mean, so they had this severe oppression on them. They also had this man named Herod the Great that was placed there to rule uh, in Galilee and, and Judea. Um, he was the, the king that was put in place by the Roman government. And now Herod the Great, if you go back and study, he at one time was a very powerful military. That's how Rome worked. If you were, a, if you were a, an exceptional military leader, they would reward you if, when you retire from your military service to be a ruler over conquered places. And he had, ruled, he had like 10 very huge battles that he had won. So at one point, he was just an amazing dude but by the, from a military standpoint. But by the time of Jesus came, he was, he was pretty much insane. He was super insecure. Okay, He actually killed two of his sons because he felt like they were a threat to him. He killed his favorite wife. Because he thought she was plotting against her. And, they, and according to Josephus, uh, that f- after he killed this favorite wife, he would walk around his palace calling for her. Th- he was so messed up. He was, he was demonically enraged. Demonically enraged when he heard about the wise men who came and left town. And he killed all the children two years old and under. To try to get to this Savior. Okay? So this was the world that these people were, uh, that Christ came into. Are y'all following this? I'm trying to encourage you. I know it don't sound encouraging, but it will. Trust me. Here's another interesting fact. Uh, The nation was divided, okay? It was divided spiritually. It was divided politically. Okay? Uh, and it was divided socially, highly divided. There were four groups that were vying for influence under the Roman rule. Not even mention the Roman rule. There were four groups of people, different groups of people who sought to influence the people. One were the Pharisees. We all know about them. They were the super religious people that really just wanted to just lord over. And, you know, of course, Jesus went after the Pharisees more than he did any other group. Because at that time, they had the, they had the most power. Um, but by the way, one day I would like to talk to you about the Pharisees, about how they started. You would be amazed that the Pharisees actually started well. They started very well. But like anything else, you know, like every move of God, every denomination, I'm, if you study history long enough, Eventually it goes bad. And the reason it goes bad is because they get full of themselves and forget why they're, why they're even existing. That's why there's so much things. I, I, I'm not going to go into that. It's just another thing. But I, I feel like that we need to understand think, some of these things to understand where we're at today. Because we have come to a place in the world with... The move of the Lord, with, even with the Pentecostal and the charismatic move, where it has come to a point where we can decide how we're going to go forward. Or in, and I think we have one of two ways. We could go forward in what God wants for us and what God dreams for us, 
or we can be, become slowly more irrelevant in a voice from the past. Mm. Anyways, that was the Pharisees. I would like to talk. The other group, of course, was the Sadducees. Many have heard about the Sadducees. We blistered those guys' hides also. Jesus didn't have much good to say to them because here's, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the supernatural. They were the opposing group to the Pharisees. They believed in the first five books, the law of Moses. That's it. We don't want any more Pharisaical laws. We just believe those laws. That's it. Okay, so those were the two main groups, but there was another couple groups that had a lot of, caused a lot of trouble. There was this group called the Essens. You ever heard of them? Actually, these people did a good thing. The Dead Sea Scrolls, they were the people who preserved those scrolls. They did us a favor, but these were the people who, this is what they thought. They thought to overthrow Rome, withdraw from culture, okay, be 100% absolutely pure and pray they believed that that would rid this country of their country of Roman rule isn't that interesting this should, this should be talking to people and the other one was you ever heard of Simon the Zealot he was one of the disciples there was this group called the Zealots well these would be like the Christian nationalists of our days we're going to take the government down we got guns. We got knives. We're, to, we're going to do something. We're going to overrun things. They were literally those people. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Jesus Christ resisted all four of those groups. He, he did not want anything to do with any of them. And if you go back and study a lot of his teachings, he repented. You know, we all know he, like with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he went directly at them. But he went directly at, in his teachings, these other two groups. But these were the groups that they caused a lot of conflict in the nation, not to mention the Roman overlords upon them. Are y'all getting this picture? Yeah, I think it's really important that we... Those were just three things I felt I wanted to point out because I think those three things should be speaking to us today. I think we're in a time where we need to really be thinking about what's happening. We're in a dark time in our country, and I think we're in a dark time on the earth. So here was the question uh, that has, should, we should all ask this question. The angels said, on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Have you ever asked the Lord, where, where is that peace? Where's the goodwill? Have y'all ever asked that Lord that question? Have you ever felt about, thought about that? Here, here's, this, here's this declaration by these angels, okay? And we, we can look back in history and look at what's happened in the world. And we, like, well, if that's the truth, where is it, Lord? It's sort of like Gideon when the Lord came and began to speak to Gideon in Judges chapter 6. And, and he said, hail, mighty man, I'm, the Lord's with you. And he said, if the Lord's with me, why has all this happened? That was a great question, if the Lord's with us, why is our country being oppressed? Why? Well, I think one of the things that we need to hear this morning... Are y'all with this? Okay. Just making sure. One of the things we need to hear... If, if the gospel can flourish in, in the way it did in Jesus' day, it should give us hope that it can flourish now. See, that, that's the whole point of this thing. 
The whole point is, is Jesus was born in the absolute worst time, in the worst situation, the worst condition, with the craziest people ruling the earth, and his gospel has flourished. They could not put it out, even though they killed him. And so it really, what we need to see, if we get anything out of the birth of Christ, we need to see that we, it can, if it flourished in, it should give us this hope in us. It should cause our faith to be stirred that we have an answer for the world. And the answer is the gospel. It's the Lord himself. That's the answer for our world. And that's what, that's what this story tells us. Amen. I wanted to read this verse to you. This is really powerful. Y'all going to love this. Revelation 21 verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. That's a beautiful scripture, right? But it's also a bothersome scripture because of what it, tell, it doesn't say to us. This is what it tells us. If, if you want to know, you want to know what one of the things it tells us? It means crying, sorrow, tears, death, pain are still with us. And they're going to be with us. This, this is the truth. They're going to be with us until the new earth, the new Jerusalem comes down. That's, that's what the Bible teaches us. You see, when those angels were declaring goodwill towards men and peace, what they were telling people is, you can have, you can have this right now. You can have goodwill and you can have peace, but it's not going to be out here. It's going to be in here. And until we, and, and just like the people of Jesus' day, Jesus came, it says, to his own, and his own didn't even recognize him, that his own rejected him. Because they were looking for something out here. They were looking for Jesus to overthrow the Romans. They, they were looking for him to shut, the, shut all the religious people and all the zealots and all the, you know, super pure people. It's rid them of that. Rid us all of that. And he didn't do any of that. Because what he came to give us was a, an inward peace. That's what he really came to give us. That's what Christmas, while we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating that we have this gift of goodwill and peace, but it's not necessarily out here. It's in here, and it'll never be out here until we can really allow it to rule us on the inside. We'll never have peace in our homes. We'll never have peace in our community. We'll never have peace in our government until that inner peace really, the Bible says in Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's what it tells us. Let that be the ruling factor in your heart. And I think many of y'all have heard over and over the reason, the only reason Jesus could speak to a storm and comment and say peace to us because he was full of peace. And so we can't make the mistake that's been made over and over and over that it's, all, it's an outward thing. It has to begin as an inward thing. And then when we have it inwardly, then we're going to have some authority to release it outward because God does want this peace he does want heaven to come to earth. He does want goodwill on earth. And we're the people he's elected and he's assigned to do that. Amen? Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, okay? Is that all right with y'all? Thank you. So, I had this dream 
uh, a few weeks ago. And in the dream, there was this old woman, I mean, like a really old woman, like great-grandma old woman, right? And she was speaking a language that nobody knew. So for some reason in the dream, they said, you need to go talk to her and find out what language she's speaking and find out what she's trying to tell us. Okay, so I went to this old woman, and I said, Espanol? Mm. <laughs> no. She shook her head, and then she started speaking to me. And I said, oh, you're speaking French. That's what it was. I knew it. Somehow I knew it. I don't know French, by the way. I just knew in the dream this old woman or this old angel, whatever it was, was speaking French to me that there was a message that the Lord had for us that was in French. Okay, that's I knew that. But this is the way God works in my life at least. He didn't give me the message in the dream. I woke up and thought, that was just a weird dream, Lord. <laughs> you know, at least you could have had somebody interpreting for me. You, know, and get, you got this message for us, and I don't even know what it is. I got, I got a message I got to give to our church, and somebody gave it to me in French, and you didn't even interpret the stupid thing. <laughs> so I was asking the Lord, Lord, you, what does that mean? What, what are you trying to tell me? Well, so a couple of days later, I was uh, randomly... I find more stuff by accident than I do on purpose. Is any of that, you, you know, like, you, I mean, that seems to be the story of my life. Like, oh, wow, God just gave me a great revelation about something, and I was completely going, doing something else, you know, not even thinking about that. So I was looking for something. That I don't even remember what I was looking for. But I found, this is, I'm talking about looking in my computer, you know, in my files, and I, but I, and I found a, an email that came up from 2018. And when I read it, I thought, oh, that's what the Lord's trying to tell us. So I wanted to read the email to you. I have permission from the person who wrote the email. Because I sent it back to them and said, hey, remember this? And they said, yeah, I do. And it really spoke to me again. So this is what the email said. And this is December 4th, 2018 when they sent it to me. I, want, I wanted to share a special dream this week. I feel like there was a message in it for me and for all of us. In the dream, Jacob and I were in our sunroom, and a morning dove flew in. Y'all know what a morning dove is, right? It's the one that you hear, the doves, that really sounds so cool and sweet. Love doves or whatever. But the morning dove is different from the turtle dove. It's just a ring. The ring is on the turtle dove. That's why they call them turtle dove. They've got a ring on their neck. Morning dove doesn't have a ring on its neck, but they do have that cooing thing. It, I don't mean, you know, it just really is a cool sound. You've heard it, you know. Anyways, Jacob and I were in summer, and this morning dove flew in. I lifted my arm to extend a place of rest for him. When it landed on me, I turned to Jacob and said, His name is Noel. Isn't that something? I knew him, and I felt elated to have him return. But he had flies and ants crawling on him. It looked like he had been attacked. Whew. I quickly began to shoo away the flies. The dream ended. When I woke up, I knew the Lord was mainly speaking to me about guarding my peace. That the flies, being biblically lies... And the little things like ants 
were attacking my peace. And they have. And I have been allowing the Lord to heal and restore my heart in deeper ways and contend for my peace. I have felt so encouraged by this dream that the Lord wants us to have peace. To guard it, to, to protect it this Christmas, Christmas season especially. I know I'm not the only one who has had my peace attacked. So I'm praying for all our houses, our hearts to be protected. Isn't that a powerful dream? That was an angel uh, quit low. You had the dream. So, man, don't you feel stupid sometimes in things that you stuff you say? Because she said, "What do you think, Lord? Do you have any other meaning?" She asked me in two eighteen, and I told her a couple of things. But when I read it this time, I felt like somehow the dream was attached to my dream, and so I was asking the Lord about it. And the thought came to my mind, what is the meaning of Noel? Because duh don't know, didn't know what the meaning of Noel was. Duh, in French, it means Merry Christmas. That's what the Holy Spirit wants for people to have. And the 1825 Webster Dictionary, which is probably a lot more reliable than the ones I have today, <laughs> defined it as a shout of joy or Christmas song. Isn't that beautiful? We heard that the first Noel, the angel song, shout of joy or Christmas song. It can mean Christmas season. In Latin, the meaning is birth. Another root for Noel from the French means news. Going back to the angel's announcement, the good news that God wants us to have. In the Middle Ages, Noel came to refer to any song about the birth of Christ. Therefore, the word carries a dual meaning of Christmas song and the Christmas celebration itself. Isn't that powerful? The old English spelling of Noel is N-O-W-E-L-L. It means now all is well. Isn't that powerful? Now. And that's what those angels were declaring. And we ask the Lord, no, Lord, now is not all is well. Not everything's not all as well in my life, Lord, and everything's not all well around me. But the Lord's declaring everything is well. Now all is well because of because of Christ. And that's our answer, y'all. That's the answer for Christmas. And God wants us to know that this morning. Do you you've heard the term? I wanted to share this because I think it's pretty cool. God be, goodbye literally means this, God be with you. God be with you. That's what goodbye literally means. Isn't that beautiful? When you tell somebody goodbye, you're saying to them, God be with you. When you say farewell, it literally means fare thee well. You see, that's what the heart of God is for us this morning. That's what he was trying to say in that dream. It's your peace your peace has been attacked. All of our peace has been attacked. We've all been in a place where we haven't felt at peace. And there's been little things, ants, you know, just irritating, biting you. Ever been bit by a fire ant? You don't want to be if you haven't been. Or ants in your pants, you know. Yeah. You know, in Britain, they, spell, they still spell no, no, N-O-E-L as N-O-W-E-L-L. Christmas morning, now all is well. 
You see, I think for me, I want to adopt that in my life. Now all is well. Goodwill towards men. Because that's what God really did when Christ came. That's really what he meant that. He meant what he said. He meant it to be true. And I think a lot of times we, we have things that we want the Lord to do for us. And we don't have our prayers answered or we have issues. And we have, you know, brokenness in us. And I think it sometimes hurts our faith and hurts our hope. And we sort of give in to a lesser, a lesser picture of God, a lesser life in God, a lesser view of God. And how He wants us to think differently. Our country will never change for the good until we really realize the real answer for our country is a person and that we are the people with the real answer for our country. I think all the other things are right, are good things, you know, that people do, but I'll tell you, the ultimate end of the day, not it's going to do any good because it won't last. But what we have is eternal and I just wanted to take a moment this morning to pray for people who peace has been attacked. And because I think a lot of people, and I think Noel wants to visit your house. And I think he wants to bring all as well. So, so I was wondering um, if Becky, they're going to bring the violin player back. I'm stalling. I asked Jacob if they would come back and pray, uh, play while we prayed. Um, hmm, yeah, they're coming. Yeah. Well, I love music, don't you? Another yeah. gift from the Lord. That was, and those, these songs really are are gifts from the Lord. You know, just. Mm. I know you. Uh, I just feel like Holy Spirit, we need you right this minute. Right this minute. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was thinking about this uh, analogy, uh, and the reason I was thinking about it is because my my son's a plumber, and so how would you? This is the way the Holy Spirit works. You're a Holy Spirit plumber. Someone has a plumbing need. And you're called to go and take care of their plumbing need. But you don't have no plumbing tools. You don't have one tool in your toolbox. Your truck is empty. You have nothing. Okay? But the Holy Spirit says, that person has a plumbing need. I want you to go take care of it. And so you get in your truck and you go to, their, to this person. And when you get there, you meet the person. And guess what? You look in your toolbox and there's a tool in there. You see what I'm saying? You got the tool for the moment. You use the tool. You make the repair. You get back in your truck and you look in your toolbox and the, tool, the tool's gone. Because God gives us stuff 
when we need it. None of us are going to have the tools we need until we step into that place where the tools needed. You, you see what I'm saying? That's when the tool is going to appear. And that's the scary part of all of this. The scary part is, will a, will a tool appear? Is God with me in this? But you're never going to find out until you step into it. That's when you're going to find out. You hear what I'm telling you? And some of us are waiting on God to fill our toolbox up. Am I talking to anybody? God is saying, I'm not going to fill your toolbox up. I'll give you the tool you need when you get to the job site. That's when the tool is going to appear. Because, see, none of this belongs to us. It all belongs to him. He's the tool. So I was going to ask Becky if she'd come up here. We're going to see if we have a tool in our toolbox. Because what my heart is is to just, if anybody wants us to lay hands on you for, for peace, just to release the peace of the Lord on you and that you could begin to believe. And I, I've struggled with it, y'all. I've struggled mightily in my life about all is well. And part of what I've just decided to do in my life is just start believing it is. That's what I've been doing since I started reading about this Noel. I'm just going to believe now all is well. Not tomorrow, not when this happens, but right now all is well because that's the, the, the truth of the gospel. Amen. So anybody would like that, I'd like for you to come up and we'll just lay hands on you and just release the peace that we have. Yeah. And we're not going to really pray over everybody. We're just going to lay hands on you. So, Father, we just release peace right now. Peace in the storm. We speak to peace. Speak to those ants, too, in the name of Jesus. Ants go right now. Every ant, every bothersome thing. Lord, we just release the peace of heaven right now. Woo, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Let that peace, wow. Yeah, even in the storm. Lord, even in the storm, the storm of our hearts, the storm of our minds, Lord, the storm of our life, Lord, you're in the boat. You're in the boat, Lord. Jesus is in the boat. And we just release that. We release that right now in the name of Jesus. Let the peace of God rule and continue to rule. Rule. We say rule, peace. Peace rule over families. Peace rule over heartbreak, peace, peace rule over disappointment, peace rule over health. This peace, peace come now in the name of Jesus. We're just calling forth what's in you. We're not giving you anything. We're calling forth what's in you. The peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ. Just peace come right now over every decision and every choice. Over the future, we just declare peace. Peace be still. In the name of Jesus, release it now, Lord. We command peace. We command it. We don't ask what we're commanding it. And we're releasing it right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for the peace of God which passes all understanding. It's like a guard that sits upon us, Lord. That nobody, no devil can come across that fence of peace. Jesus said, his government is a government of peace, and we declare that today in the name of Jesus. We just speak peace, release peace. 
Lord, we just release peace over, over trauma and tragedy. We just release it right now in Jesus' name. Trauma and tragedy must bow to peace. A peace that would guard us regardless of what happens. A peace that would be with us. Peace and legacy. A legacy of peace. A legacy of peace. Yeah, release that peace in this body right now. In the name of Jesus. Let your power come. Let your power come, Lord. Let your power come, Lord. Right now. Peace on the heart. Peace released out of this heart into this physical body right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Peace. Peace be still. And just speak to this body and tell it to be whole. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Peace. Peace, brother. Peace. Lord, let that river of peace flow out now. Right now, you said that rivers of living water would flow out of us. And Lord, I declare there's a river of peace inside of here. And I call it forth to manifest right now. I call that river out. Whatever's holding that river back, I speak to that. I, I remove every dam. I remove every lie. I remove everything that's keeping this river bound up. And that river would begin to get released in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God of peace. You said the God of peace would be with us, and you said the peace of God would guard us. Lord, I declare that right now over Adam. Peace. I just say the God of peace is with Adam, and Adam can walk in true peace. Lord, just all the edges, all the, all the things, all the ants, all the ants, we command them to go right now. And we just release peace. Really, a power. We just bless it. That's right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Lord, we just thank you for peace. Peace of God, which passes all understanding. A living hope. body, over this mind, over this family, power shall long come right now. Position that's come against Tony. I just right now that he would be able to just walk all over and crush the devil's opposition in his life with the shoes of the gospel of peace. Let's declare that over today. Fully armed, fully covered in the armor of Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. 
We just release your peace now, Lord, right now. Right, yes, no, 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 all is well. All is well now. Whatever your hopes are, whatever your dreams are, the Lord is saying it's all well. That He's with you. Mm, the God of peace is with you. The God of peace is with you. No, the Lord wants you to know Him in a new way. I, I feel like it's just a peace that's going to come in your life and a, a satisfaction that's going to come in your life. The Lord's going to open your ears to hear Him in a new way, in a fresh way. Maybe just an anointing on your life that hasn't come forth yet, but I believe the season is here for that anointing to flow. And God is asking you today Take a risk. Step out. Let that peace be between you and God. Don't hold back. Because you got more than.